Hello, I'm Pastor Daniel Flukey. Welcome to the Sermon Podcast from Christ the King and Living Hope Lutheran Churches. We are congregations of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Port Washington and Saukville, Wisconsin. We believe God's love is for you. Here's our message for this week. First lesson is found in 1 John chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Whoever does not love abides in death. All who hate a brother or a sister or murderers, and you know that murderers do not have eternal life, abide in them, abiding in them. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one another. How does God's love abide in anyone who has the world's goods and sees a brother or sister in need and yet refuses to help. Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this, we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts, are, hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if, you, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask, because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he, Im- he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the spirit that he has given us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul writes, If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. 
When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, happy Valentine's Day and blessed Blessed Valentine's Day, happy Ash Valentine. I'm not sure what exactly the correct greeting for tonight is. This crossover where Ash Wednesday falls on Valentine's Day does not happen very often. It happens today. It happens five years from now in 2029. And then it does not happen until the next century. So this is, we got one more shot in the rest of our lives for most of us. So we have to do what we can to take advantage of this tonight, right? If you were here for dinner, hopefully you got your Ash Wednesday candy hearts. If you saw the candy hearts, you didn't take one. Take one, read them. I've been waiting for this joke for five years. Um, There's more of them back there. Please take them. The joke loses something after tonight. And there's lots of Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day humor that's been floating around, at least in clergy circles. I saw, I shared a meme on Facebook yesterday that said, a couple days ago, that said, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? rubbing dirt on people's heads, telling them they're going to die. (laughs) Kristen sent me another one this morning while I was working on this sermon. Roses are red, ashes are gray, we're all going to die, happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Of course, remember, you cannot spell Valentine without Lent. And the humor, obviously, is that a day of romance and love sounds very different than that first hymn we sang, than a solemn time of remembering our mortality in church. Somehow formal church services are not most people's idea of a romantic date night. I don't know why not. I want to suggest to you tonight that these two holidays have something in common besides a coincidental calendar date, because both of them are ultimately about love, right? So in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul describes love with these famous words, and I imagine almost all of us have heard this before at some point. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. How many times have you heard this read at a wedding? It is a beautiful picture of love, right? But every time that I've had a couple who wants to have this scripture at their wedding, and I've had a few, I've pointed out in the sermon that while this is a very appropriate text for a wedding, there's nothing wrong with it. Don't hear me saying that. I'm sure some of you have had it for your wedding. But it's not actually about any human couple's love. This is a picture of God's love for you. It is something that we, as humans, want to live up to, something aspirational for us to reach towards. But it's not something we're ever going to achieve fully. There's a classic youth group activity where you read this passage and then you put your own name in place of the word love. So it comes out like, Daniel is patient, Daniel is kind, Daniel is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, Daniel does not insist on his own way, Daniel is not irritable or resentful, and I wish that that were always true. And it is not always true. And if you put your name in, it's not going to always be true for you either. 
Because none of us can live up to this standard, right? None of us can live up to this all the time. This is the way we are called to love. This is the way that we are called to live. But we fall short of the mark. First John says, Whoever does not love abides in death. And the standard for love is laying down our lives for one another. How can we say that we love, John asks, when there are brothers or sisters who are in need and we have failed to help them? That's what I love about Ash Wednesday. This service tonight is about admitting the truth about ourselves, being honest about the ways that we fail to live up to God's call to love, that we fail to live up to that perfect example God has given us in Jesus Christ. And we have a church word for that, right? We have a word for when we do the wrong thing, when we make selfish choices, when we do the things that are not loving, when we harm our neighbors by our action or by our inaction. It's called sin. And Paul says in Romans 3, the wages of sin is death. Going against God, failing to live the way God made us to live, going against the source of life leads to death. Sin separates us from God. Sin gets in the way of our relationship with our Creator. So often we try to go down our own path. We try to do enough good things to make up for the wrong that we do, to make amends. If I just try hard enough, maybe I can be that loving person all the time. Maybe I can make up for the ways that I insist on having my own way, for the times when I'm resentful or selfish or short-tempered or lazy. Tonight, we have gathered to hear the message that all of our efforts are in vain. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. No matter how much you do, you cannot stop being dust. You are going to die. You cannot save yourself. One article I read this week called Ash Wednesday, the most honest day of the year. This is the day when we face the truth of our own mortality that we so often try to hide. The day when instead of pretending that we've got it all together, that trying to convince ourselves that we can work out our own salvation, maybe if we just try a little bit harder, instead we come forward to receive ashes on our head, to be marked by a sign of death. Because that's what ashes are, right? They're what's left over after a fire. They're the remnants of what was alive, but is now dead. And this is not a popular message in our culture. This is not a popular holiday. Jason McKelly points out, there's no Peanuts Ash Wednesday special. Nobody grew up watching a stop-motion Burl Ives saying, hey kid, you're a sinner and you're going to die. Ash Wednesday does not get anybody like Chris Kringle or Krampus. Starbucks does not release sin-themed soy lattes for Lent. There's no marketing. There's no, well, maybe fish sandwiches. Other than that, there's no marketing for Ash Wednesday. There's no movie tie-ins or product placements for Ash Wednesday. Nobody but Christians wants anything to do with talk about sin and death, which is a shame, he writes, because as allergic as our culture is to the ashes, 
what Christians do with them has more to do with love than any Nora Ephron movie. One of the, one of the suggestions I saw several times, both as a meme and as a serious suggestion for this Valentine's Day, Ash Wednesday crossover, was to do the ashes, to impose ashes in the shape of a heart this year. And the intention is good, I think, to remind people of God's love. I'm not going to do that. And I'm not going to do it because we have a more powerful sign of God's love. Hearts are a representation of human love, especially romantic love, and that is wonderful. Nothing against Valentine's Day. But the ultimate expression of love is God's love, not ours. Many people are familiar with John 3.16, which is a great verse, right? For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. 1 John 3.16 is just as powerful, in my opinion. Maybe a lot less popular. People don't memorize this one or put it on billboards. But it's a definition of love. We know love by this that Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for one another. So the romantic love of Valentine's Day does involve laying down your life, in a sense, for another person, putting your partner's needs before your own, at least some of the time. Again, none of us do that perfectly. And at its best, romantic love is a reflection of God's love. The Bible frequently uses romantic love as an analogy for the love of God, talking about the church being the bride of Christ. Song of Solomon is a whole book that the love poem filled with romantic imagery. Romantic love can be a beautiful thing, but it is not the ultimate form of love. And of course, romantic love can let you down as well. It can be dangerous. Many of you know that. I saw a Washington Post article this morning, which began, and I quote, Let's be honest, Valentine's Day has more potential to hurt, harm, terrorize, and traumatize people than anything Halloween serves up. And it went on, went on to talk about fundraisers that some zoos are doing where you can name a cockroach after your ex, and then they will feed it to another animal as food, and they will send you a video for a fee of it being eaten. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Ash Wednesday has nothing to do with how good you are at love. It has nothing to do with how hard you try, how good of a person you are, how generous or pious or religious you are, because none of that can redeem you from death. Only God can do that. Only the cross can do that. Ash Wednesday invites you, Ash Wednesday forces you to confront your mortality, to face the brokenness and the suffering in this world. And there's plenty of that to go around. And it calls us to recognize that eternal salvation, the end to the suffering, comes only from God. The hope of this broken world is Jesus Christ. And in letting go of our own efforts to save ourselves, we find freedom in God. Freedom in Christ. Ash Wednesday is about freedom. It's about grace given to you by the one who laid down his life for you. 
our sin is not the end of the story. Our sin separates us from God, the source of life, but God refuses to remain separated from us. God refuses to be defeated by your sin. No matter what you have done or what's been done to you, God loves you anyway. And God's love is more powerful even than death. God has entered this world in the person of Jesus Christ, who has suffered death for our sake, death on a cross. The cross shows us the extent of God's love. It shows us how far God is willing to go out of love for you. But the cross is not the end of the story, because the cross leads to the empty tomb. Death does not get the last word. God's love overcomes the power of sin and death. God takes our dusty, mortal selves and gives us new life. Ash Wednesday is about life. God gives it to us not because we've earned it, but out of grace, pure grace, unmerited favor, unmerited love from God. Grace does what we could never do. The God who in the beginning breathed life into dust who formed life, refuses to give up on you, refuses to not chase you down even when you run away. So tonight, remember that you are dust. Receive the ashes as a symbol of your death, the wages of your sin, and receive the sign of the cross on your forehead, the sign given to you at baptism the sign of God's ultimate love for you. Receive the promise of God's grace and forgiveness and believe that God has defeated death. God is in the business of transforming death into life. God loves dusty people and God makes beautiful things out of dust. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. To learn more about the ministries of Living Hope and Christ the King, to ask for prayer, or to make a donation to support the work we are doing in Ozaki County, you can visit our websites at livinghopesockville.org or ctkport.org, or click the link in the show notes to find us online or on social media. May God bless you, and we hope you'll join us again soon.